make a bad decision because of this? Like, why isn't there something that just focuses on the day-to-day stuff that leads to change, the day-to-day activities that may not show results for 10 years, but when it does, you have created the life of This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. curiosity question for you is how are you separating yourself from the rest of the pack let me ask you this again how are you separating yourself from the rest of the pack okay let me set the tone so maybe you've thought about so many ways that you could set yourself from the pack I don't know you're an idea machine you you have all these ideas, these great ideas for your business or your book or your big talk or your plan on giving a, a, a big talk and to get yourself out there, you go, I'm going to start a podcast or I'm going to start a YouTube channel or I'm going to start a blog and you start this thing and the first, the second, the third, maybe the fourth week is easy. But then you start to lose momentum. Because the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh week, just things start to slow down. Well, if this is you, then I want to let you know that you're not alone. A lot of us struggle with persistence. But the key to success in anything is persistence. So in today's episode, my guest is all about setting yourself up for persistence and setting yourself up by creating little habits around your daily routines to where you don't lose momentum. And if you're wondering who my guest is, well, he's the one and only host of Tiny Leaps. His name is Greg Clunas, and he is the creator from NYC focused on helping people experience the world differently. He's the top-rated podcast on self-help, and he has absolutely been a game changer in my own life. 
So I'm super excited for you to meet the one and only Greg Clunas. Hey, Greg, man. How you doing, dude? Dude, I'm doing so much better that I'm talking to you right now, man. I'm so excited <laughs> for you to be on the episode. I appreciate it. I'm pumped to be here. So, um, yeah, the mission of the show is to scratch your own itch. And what that means is, is solving a problem that you once had in your own life. And by solving that, you turned a business out of it. And you started helping other people with this pain point in their own life. When I say that to you, how are you doing that? And, and, and what kind of story do you want to tell around that? Yeah, it's funny because part of the reason I love the name of your show, the mission of your show, is that scratching my own itch is the whole reason I'm here. Uh, so, so just for context, I host a podcast called Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, generates uh, over a quarter million downloads a month is well over three million at this point. And um, I also got a book deal from it. I'm doing a ton of speaking engagements from it. And I, I've just been able to build this amazing community. And it all started from scratching my own itch. I was on a train. I was reading this book on personal development. And as I was reading it, I just I just had this feeling of frustration. Like I was so mad at this book for existing because it the the content in it I knew for a fact was misleading. It was it was not necessarily false, but it was coming from the perspective of someone who had more opportunities and more protections than the average person does, uh, thanks to their family background. But yet they were never acknowledging that. And and so I was reading this book. I was, my girlfriend was sitting to my right and I kept turning to her and complaining like, this is dangerous. Somebody is going to make a bad decision because of this. Like, why isn't there something that just focuses on the day-to-day -day stuff that leads to change? The day-to-day -day activities that may not show results for 10 years, but when it does, you'll have created the life you've always wanted. Because it is possible. It is something you can do. And and so she looked back at me and basically just said, stop complaining and do something. And and so I decided that day, and I've got my journal entry uh, from that exact night, I decided I'm going to create something that focuses on the day-to-day -day stuff that leads to change. And because my background at that point was in podcasting, that was the thing that was easiest for me to build, I decided, okay, I'm going to I'm going to do a podcast. Seven days later, my show launched, Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, and that came purely from, I wish this existed in the world, and so I made it. And, and then the second piece of that, uh, since the success of the show, I've got built a side business of consulting and coaching people on how to launch their own shows, how to grow their shows, and how to get featured on shows. And all of those skills came from scratching my own itch because the thing with my podcast was it launched and it immediately blew up. Like the first six weeks, we did 100,000 downloads, which is unheard of. That is absurd. And I recognize that. But my problem at this point was why did this happen? I had no idea. In the beginning, I had no clue why it was working so well and why it was resonating. And that bothered me because it meant that if something ever happened, if there was ever a shift, I could lose everything and not know how to get it started again. And and so I spent all of 2016, all of 2017 trying to reverse engineer what was working and what wasn't and why it was working and why it wasn't. And and it allowed me to build this system 
that I can use for my own show to make sure I'm continually growing, to make sure I'm continually reaching new people. But that then became the basis of my consulting business, of helping other people launch shows in a way that quite honestly is counterintuitive and goes against what the market tells us we should do, but that gets results every single time. And and so both of my businesses have come from this idea of needing to scratch my own itch and needing to build something that uh, could serve myself first. Oh, that's so, you know, you're doing exactly what they say when a plane's going down, man, you got to put on your own oxygen mask before you help anybody else with their own oxygen mask because what will happen? Exactly. You just got to treat yourself first so that you're capable of treating other people. Yeah. And it is so hard for, I think, so many people to go and actually be able to do that. I I mean, uh, we live in a... I'd say we live in a pretty giving world where people go, oh, what can I give to the world? But if you don't know how to actually, like, help yourself, you're, you're kind of no good for anybody. Like, I, I personally, I would rather hire someone that's gotten really good results with an area in which I, I, I seek value for. Like your podcast, for example, or someone with a really nice body or something like that where I'm like, oh, I want to get in good shape. I'm going to go hire a personal trainer that's in good shape. But I want to ask you this, because some people might hear this and they might be a a little off put when they don't get 100,000 downloads in their first six weeks. What if, though, there's still potential in that? What do you think is the number one biggest thing that they could do to sort of set themselves up for decent results or Mm -hmm. comparable results to that? Yeah, and I'll be honest, I, I fully recognize that the pace with my show grew is absurd. And quite honestly, if I had launched my show today, I don't think it would have grown as quickly. So timing played a massive factor. There were not nearly as many personal development shows or shows in general when I first launched. Uh, with that said, part of the reason that I recently added on my second consulting product, which is here's how you grow a show that already exists but isn't resonating, is because I realized it's not just about the launch and it's not just about timing. You can screw up for three years, fix a few things, and still be able to start getting those results you're looking for. And and so the very first thing I do with my clients, the very first thing I recommend friends do, anyone who's trying to take a show that isn't doing the numbers they want and get it to that place, the very first thing I highly recommend you do is log in to the back end of iTunes. So where you went to submit your show to the to the uh, directory, podcastersconnect.apple.com or whatever it is, and look at their uh, stats platform that they recently decided to release. So in that, you'll find what I call an LTS score. I think they just call it subscriber percentage. Basically, all that is is your listener to subscriber number. And it's a percentage of people that listen to your show who are also subscribed. What you want to do is get that number. The average is between 63% and 68%. You want to get that number above 70. The reason for that is you can take your show as it is. Most people, when they try to grow their show, they're focusing purely on let's do marketing. Let's let's get it in front of pe- more people. Let's send more tweets. Let's add an Instagram strategy. Let's do X, Y, and Z or run Facebook, ad, whatever it is. Most people focus on just getting more eyeballs 
on their show or ear holes in this case. Um, when in actuality, <laughs> what needs to exist is a strong enough show to pull subscribers. And, and so if the average show pulls in subscribers at a rate of, let's say, 65%, but your show pulls in subscribers at a rate of 70%, if you guys send the same amount of new traffic to the show, you're always going to outrank them. Because if you both send a thousand new people, they're going to pull in 650. You're going to pull in 700,000. iTunes sees that. They say, okay, this perf- this show's performing better than this other one. Let's rank them higher. And, and so if you first start with what is my LTS score, what is my subscriber percentage, and then start to fix your show, make some changes in your delivery, make some changes in your calls to action, make some changes in the guests that you have, the style of the show, whatever it is, like just test everything. And you can get that above 70 out of that average range. Then if you start driving traffic to it, then if you start doing interviews and social and and all of those things to get it discovered, you'll always outperform the shows that you're competing with. And that'll allow you to start growing at a dramatic rate. Wow, man. That's that's exactly how you stand out from the rest, I think, in podcasting. Because so many people believe, oh, I started a podcast. Let me go on social media and share, share, share. Let me go on Facebook. Let me go on Instagram. Let me go on Twitter and share. And that does work, but it sounds kind of like you're more after the people that are already podcast listeners instead of trying to change someone's behavior and converting them into a podcast listener. You're after the people that are already listening to it, signing on and going, hey, could you just click that subscribe button instead of sharing this with somebody just click that subscribe button 100 percent. because here's the thing less than a third of people listen to podcasts at least in america so less than a third of americans which is by far the largest consumption market in the, the the world as far as podcasting is concerned less than a third of americans identify as podcast listeners these are people who listen to a podcast once per month So the bar isn't that high and there's still only less than a third of people. So if I go into any random room of 100 people less and yell out, hey, go subscribe to my podcast, less than 30 of them will actually enjoy listening to podcasts and be open to that message. Then within that 30, whatever percentage, let's say my show has a subscription rate of 75, only 75% of that 30 will actually want to subscribe to my show. So I'm not even getting the full 100. I'm getting 75% of the 30 that actually want to listen to podcasts. So I'm a big fan of if I have a limited amount of time, if I have a limited amount of resources, which I do, I'm going to focus all my efforts on where is the room of people where all 100 of them listen to podcasts already. They already enjoy audio. They already love podcasts, then I just need to get 75% of those people instead of 75% off 30%. And and so if you focus there and you can do this by being interviewed on podcasts, if you're going to spend money for advertising, buy ads on other podcasts instead of Facebook ads right now, um, like, just go places that have podcast listeners and you'll get the discovery you're looking for so long as your show is strong enough to pull in those subscribers. So you're saying, Hey, Logan Tyler Nelson here. I would so appreciate it if you took some time to hit the subscribe button. I really want to just honestly live and give. 
Why? Because I was told when I was young that if you're feeling down, the best way to feel better is by lifting someone up again. So in an effort to make someone feel less alone, please hit the subscribe button so the podcast has a better chance of being found and making someone feel less alone. And if you're feeling down, hey, it can help you. Know that by hitting that subscribe button, you just did someone a huge favor. So thank you for hitting that subscribe button. You're saying that the riches really are in the niches. Sort of go after yep. the podcast instead of... Yep. Dude, and that's huge Like that you say that because really... I mean, all of us want to help out everybody, and all of us want to be everywhere uh, to everyone. And 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 that's the hardest thing to swallow is is going. Okay, I need to be just a person that's an expert in this one area. Uh, so I gotta ask you then, Greg. What do you think is is the biggest problem that most of the people that come to you? After they've done their podcast, let's say they've got it set up, um, and they're like, "All right, I've got this. I've got this podcast. Is it my problem? Is I can't stay specific to where I want the podcast to go? I keep having ideas. Is it? Oh, I don't know how to actually get it out there to more people. Is it like what's that main problem that most people deal with with podcasting? The biggest problem." Uh, that people come to me with afterwards is honestly maintaining it. So producing every week or multiple times a week or whatever it is and not getting burned out on it, finding new content, so on and so forth. And um, that that's what they believe their problem is. Their actual problem is not talking to their audience enough. And, and so you'll never struggle for content ideas if you're asking your listeners what they want to hear. Like they'll tell you. And, and they, they choose based on what episodes they listen to the most. So even just by looking at your stats, you can tell what topics they care the most about and what matters to them the most. Um, and if you try to build a community around the show, things I've ever done for my Facebook group and a Facebook community, and that allows me to run polls very quickly, that allows me to ask questions. I can peek in on conversations that I'm not a part of and see what they're talking about and what their struggles are. Like I, I can get a ton of data that then drives future episodes. So episode ideas are never a problem. Consistency also shouldn't be a problem because you can just batch record. You can spend three hours on a weekend and do seven episodes and ready to roll out for however long your your uh, frequency is. So most people believe that time is a factor, that ideas are a factor or whatever it is. Uh, but that's just not the case. The, the actual problem is that they're not spending enough time getting organized about it. Uh, the second thing that I think people struggle with is that question of, well, I have a podcast. How do I get more people to listen to it? And again, I'll always defer back to your problem isn't having more listeners. Your problem is your show isn't good enough. And, and so how can you get that show to be good enough? And then once it is good enough, focusing that effort on where existing podcast listeners are and just putting all your time into that and, and you'll get the results you're looking for. Oh, dude, I love that. I love that. You, you gave an answer to so much more than what I just asked for. Uh, you delivered above my expectation. So thank you. Um, dude, <laughs> I really want to kind of pivot a little bit 
and go into scratching the surface curiosity questions where uh, this is just to, the mission of it is to make someone feel less alone and learn a little bit more about Greg because honestly, I'm going to be totally transparent with you guys right now. This guy helped me when I was going through a very hard time in my life and his he didn't even know who I was. Um, I uh, had a few thoughts about um, myself that weren't true. One being that I was never going to be loved. Another one being um, that uh, that uh, my life wasn't uh, enough to be uh, really lo- like remembered. And, and I thought that my family was going to be the only family that was going to actually uh, uh, be someone who, who re- remembered me. And his podcast... Uh, I remember an episode like it was yesterday in which, and this is with the power of podcasting overall, this, this is what you can do. You can actually save someone's life today um, by putting out your own story and putting out your own message because I tried to kill myself and the next day my brain felt like it still needed to be productive and Tiny Leaps was a self-help podcast where it would give me little chores to do during my day um, because I isolated myself from everybody. And I did that for seven days. And I still listened to his podcast. And so Greg was around even though no one else was. And um, going through that uh, alone and also having some company at the same time is exactly what your podcast can do. So if you're losing motivation... Please know that um, if there's one person that's listening right now, then you need to keep going. But uh, I wanted to go into scratching the surface curiosity questions, but instead I went into my sob story about uh, what Greg means to me and how he's so the man. Uh, So if Greg has anything to say before we get into these uh, questions about making someone feel less alone. um, Yeah, I mean... Like, I, I love that you, you were willing to share that one because, and, and I'll be perfectly honest, I get big download numbers and I get like, like an audience and, and so on and so forth. But you never really know what your thing means to somebody. And, and so, I mean, when you first messaged me about that, I, I, I remember reading through it and thinking, holy shit, I like there's so many times I almost stopped doing the show. There's so many times that I, I just didn't feel like it and I, I didn't want to release anything and I didn't want to have to record and, and edit and, and all of the, the shit that, that goes into making something. And, and that pressure gets even more intense when you have an audience because now there are people expecting it and there are people that message you when you don't release saying that like checking in on you and making sure you're okay. And, and then you sent me this, this message and it's just like, fuck this thank god i didn't stop thank god i didn't i didn't decide to to walk away because if you're the only person that that took some value from it that's way freaking worth it so i appreciate you sharing that with me but i also think your willingness to share it here with your audience is massive because i i think if at the numbers i'm at and and the the accolades and all of that nonsense that that i get from the show I still doubt whether or not it's valuable on pr- 
probably a daily basis. Like I can only imagine what somebody just starting out might feel. And I, I really hope that they take that message to heart. Yeah, man. Virtual hug right now with you. Thanks, dude. Thank you. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, uh, let's go into scratching the surface curiosity questions while I go through these uh, waves of emotion. Uh, and uh, the first uh, question I like to ask is a sort of giving's giving question where uh, it might be a thought that keeps running through your head. It's a little uh, embarrassing because you keep having this thought. But you know it's not true. Um, what is that thought? Like a thought about myself? Yeah. Or or somebody. Or oh, it's is, just nasty. This is an easy one. Um, I don't believe I'm good enough. And uh, like, okay, so, so here's a, a great story to exemplify that. Uh, so my dad passed away back in October and... Well, I guess I have to sort of back up even before that. So I'm an immigrant to the U.S. Came here when I was eight or going on eight uh, with my mom, my dad, my sister, and um, grew up being sort of protected from the standard immigrant life, meaning like we still had to work hard. We still started from the bottom, yada, 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 like that whole story, except I was young enough that my parents did it. And by the time I was old enough, like I was in a much better place and, and therefore I didn't have to go through that. I did, however, see it happen. Excuse me. I did, however, see it happen. And um, I grew up with this sense of I need to be amazing. I need to do everything amazing. I need to never screw up. I need to be the best human out there. Because that's the only way I'll ever be able to repay my parents. That's the only way I'll ever be able to make enough money to allow them to retire. That's the only way I'll ever be able to uh, allow them to be be truly proud of what I did and, and, and feel like it was worth it to sacrifice everything they did, which they took massive risk and massive sacrifice and stuff I can't even talk about in public. Like they did so much. And, and so I grew up with this idea that I need to pay them back. And to do that, I need to be perfect. And then when my dad passed away in October, it just hit me like, shit, I never got to pay him back. I, I never got to this place where I could allow him to retire. I never got to buy him a house. And like all of these things that I'd built up in my head, not to mention I got this book deal and I'd always like looked forward to this day when the book was in, in stores and I, I could bring them all to the store and like watch the pride and just this acknowledgement that it was worth it for them to sacrifice for me to be here. And I, I didn't get that with him. And, and that's been really screwing me up because I internalized this idea. Like I grew up with this idea that I needed to be perfect to pay them back. And then I realized once he died, damn, I can work my ass off and, and try to get to this place and still have no control over it. Like I couldn't do anything about him dying, obviously. And and so my biggest like limiting belief, my biggest issue, my biggest like emotional struggle is this idea that I'm not good enough and I'm never good enough. And that plays a role in my relationship with Rachel. Like constantly we get into fights and the root of it is always me feeling like I'm not good enough. And so therefore 
Like I take something personally or I take something as an attack against me when all it was was her uh, sharing her thoughts. Like there, there's so much there that needs that I know for a fact isn't true, but is so tightly woven that it, it takes a ton of effort to break through and, and to allow myself to, to think otherwise. And, and so it's easily the, the biggest one that I've, I've got and am actively trying to work on and probably will for the rest of my life. Hey friends, so let me ask you real quick. Are you someone who's trying to get more visibility? Who's trying to be in front of the crowd? Well, if that's you, I want to let you know that first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, if you want to get on more podcasts or ones that actually scratch your own itch, meaning maybe you have a book or a business or maybe you do speaking or if you don't yet do speaking, maybe you can, and maybe you'd love to. Well, I put something together for you. And in this little giveaway, I'm going to show you how to pitch yourself or podcast and how to actually be professional when you show up so you can be the next authority in your niche. So you can start scratching your own itch. I know what it's like to build something, create something, and then there just be crickets. No one wants that. You need to be seen. You need to be heard because you have a message to share, a message that is worthy of hearing. Podcasts nowadays, more than ever, are being consumed by people. And guess who's actually learning the knowledge that's being shared? It's podcast listeners. It gives you a license to be an authority in whatever area you really dream of being an authority in. So if this at all starts to give you a little itch to scratch, just email logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's logan at logantylernelson.com. Jesus, that's not scratching the surface at all. That was deep. Um, <laughs> that My bad. Was, no, 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 no. Do not apologize one bit. Uh, that's that's huge that you know that about. That's an incredible amount of self awareness. If anyone that's listening right now needs to hear that, that that self awareness is not just developed though through uh, not taking time to reflect. It's, yeah. it, you know, like. It, and and this is this is one of the things I want to ask you right now is because podcasting is a great way to kind of like get outside of your head and just listen to someone else's thoughts. How else do you get outside of your head to do this great self awareness and I guess analyzation? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went to therapy for three and a half years, uh, which is part of why I've I've. Uh, Thankfully, what I've walked away from with that is the ability to think more critically about my own self and my own thoughts. Um, but when I first started, I, I didn't, I didn't even know what I was feeling half the time. 
Because I also grew up in a family that was not very emotional. Like we didn't share things and we were never upset at each other. That would that was the the epitome of the wrong thing to do was be mad at, at somebody else. And and so obviously we still felt those things. We just never d- d- talked about it or expressed them. And, and so by the time I started college and, and graduated, I could barely identify like the emotions that I was feeling. I didn't even know what it felt to be anxious. Even though I was anxious constantly, I didn't know that that's what anxiety was. And that sounds crazy to say, but that that's where I was at that point. And I started going to therapy because like you, I got to this really, really dark place. Like I, I was, I had multiple thoughts of suicide. I had multiple, like there's no point in me being here feelings. And one day I was at work and, and we, one of my old jobs and we had this uh, private bathroom and I just remember like I was sitting at my desk, it was, it was like 10 AM, maybe 10, 15 and I was just overwhelmed out of nowhere by, by just everything that was going on at the time. And I got up from my desk, walked into the private bathroom and like collapsed in the corner, just bawling my eyes out, just, just tears flooding down my face. And, and I remember sitting there like, shit, why am I crying in a corner of a private bathroom at work? Like this is, this is, it, it was so weird because I both had all of these emotions that I had no choice but to deal with at this moment. But I also had like the, the logical side of me that I grew up with of I should be pushing this back. Like this isn't an appropriate place, yada, 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 yada. And, and so that day, I decided, you know what, like I, I need help. And, and so I, I, thankfully my, I was still on my mom's insurance at the time and her insurance covered, uh, emotional and, and mental health issues a hundred percent. So I decided, I know my family's not going to approve necessarily. I know, uh, I feel weird about it. I know my friends might, might feel weird about it, but I'm going to do this. And, and so I enrolled and three years later, like I'm, I'm here or three and a half or so. Um, and, and it got into a, a pretty good place. Honestly, the only reason I stopped was because I turned 26 and got kicked off my mom's insurance. And, and so I couldn't afford it anymore, but that's that and journaling and, and podcasting and all of these things, in my opinion, are really the only way to, to get to those issues because you, you, we're not born with the ability to think critically about our own problems. Like we, we are our greatest PR agents. We will talk ourselves up to ourselves constantly. And so until we get to that point where we can be critical and start to break down the why behind us, we're always going to struggle with those things. Yeah. Oh my God. Just the immense amount of give back and and ROI I think if of podcasting the return of investment and just taking the time and to do the reflection is is amazing I mean it, like you said though th- you had to go through some therapy and and go through those times of struggle it's like a good workout but emotionally mm-hmm. it's not easy and it it's it's hard to even talk about it right now to anybody that's listening right now and say like Oh yeah, yeah, you know, like just just do this work because like you won't know the significant ROI you'll get back by just starting to share your message and and share your message with yourself. That's the mm-hmm. most important thing. So um, that's what I've I've taken from 
uh, podcasting because I can sit in a I can sit in a th- chair for you know an hour or two with a therapist. But then that's kind of it. Like I just kind of like mm-hmm. my problems are there in history, and that's it. But I feel like a podcast is a little bit more of a fu- future focused thing where you you get to kind of hear the thoughts that are actually playing in your mm-hmm. in yourself deep down. But anyways, we could go about that for a whole nother episode. Maybe <laughs> we'll. Um, I'm I guarantee this is not going to be the last conversation I ever have with Greg. He's uh, one of the few people that I I really want to keep in my close circle of people, which leads me on to my next question. Are there like five people that you wanted to interview on your podcast? And uh, if, if you did, did you interview those people yet? Or if you wanted to interview anybody that you yet to have to see on your podcast, who is it and what would you want to ask them? And then I realize that's like three questions in one. So mm-hmm. do your best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so let me start here. I'm a little weird in that I have no dream guests whatsoever. Um, and, and it's funny, like when people are, when like PR, PR agents reach out to me to get their people on the show or, or whatever it is, like they always ask like, Oh, so who have you had? Like who, who's your, your biggest guest on the show? And my response is always, I don't give a shit about how big you are. Like, that's not why I'm bringing you on the show. It's always, always going to be story focused. It's always going to be journey focused. It's always going to be conversation focused. And the person, the the single mother of three in Arkansas can tell just as amazing a story as the multimillionaire from New York. Like, that. that's just my philosophy on it. With that said, if I had to pick, like people that I want to connect with, not even so much as an interview, but if that was my way of getting them, then 100% I would do it. Um, it would be Gary Vaynerchuk. It would be Stephen Colbert. It would be Jon Stewart. Uh, those those are three major influences on on my life and, and uh, my views of the world. Uh, it would be Logic, the, the hip-hop artist. And honestly, the fifth, and, and this one, it... <sighs> I, I keep bringing up my my dad, but um, right before he passed away, it's really funny. My my listeners kept asking me to do an interview with him, and I kept trying, but he just didn't really want to. And um, I really wish that I, I'd gotten that interview. I really wish that I, I could ask him some more deeper questions about his life both before I was born and uh, his early life here, the stuff that I don't even know about. Um, so he would be my fifth that I would want to to interview and sit down with, uh, even just for that hour is is just to to be able to talk to him again. Oh man, uh, feel oh man, feeling the feels right now. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, I lost my mom when I was eleven, so I know what it's like to lose a parent. Yeah, and. Like uh, uh, all the time, like people ask me, like, so why do you do what you do? And as you know, nine times out of ten, when you lose a parent, that's why you do what you do. Like you're an artist because you love records of and documents of things that don't just are there and gone, but you like documents to to last forever because you know what it's like to not have that thing there or that person there anymore. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, gosh, wow. Uh, we've got like 
few more questions left, man. I, I really, really, really want to ask you this question because I think, uh, honestly, like not a lot of people talk about it, but what kind of like sacrifices have you had to make in order to actually start to see the results that you want in your life? Mm, that's really good. Um, I mean, all of them, really. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, so you've got like the, the physical sacrifices of sleep and, and uh, I can't tell you the amount of times that, like I sacrifice my health constantly, uh, both as far as sleep goes, as far as eating properly goes, as far as my emotional health goes. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best I can to rein it all back in. But, but as you know, and, and maybe your listeners don't, if they haven't listened to the show, I believe life really breaks down into to six core areas. You've got your fitness, your nutrition, your finances, your career, your relationships, and your emotional health. And um, each of those, your goal is not to be in balance because you can never be in balance if you want to make any kind of progress. Your goal is is to keep it as close to balance as you can while highlighting the area that you care most about in that moment. And, and so I always like to use the analogy, if you're, if you're standing up, you're perfectly still, two feet on the floor, and, and you're in balance, right? And then there's something on the table, let's say, I don't know, there's 10 bucks on the table that you want to reach out and get. In order to reach out and get that 10 bucks, you need to throw yourself off balance. You need to lose that stabilization that you have either by lifting up a leg in order to reach it or by leaning forward or or whatever it is. You have to give up balance in order to make progress and gain something. And and so I, I always like that because I feel like it's a very visual way of of understanding that balance is not the goal. The goal is progress. The secondary goal is to keep things from falling apart as much as possible. Now, with that said, to answer your specific question, um, so I've sacrificed sleep a ton of it. Like there, especially during the beginning stages of this show, there were multiple like three hour sleep nights. Like they don't feel great, but you get what you need to get done done. Uh, Second, I've sacrificed food and my health actually just wrapped up. I did the whole 30 challenge for 30 days of, of just super whole foods eating, like no added sugar, no alcohol, no nuts or grains or any of those things. Uh, and of course, no like dessert stuff. Um, and the, the purpose there was my eating was completely out of whack because after my dad passed away, I completely shut down on everything related to my health and focused exclusively on career and family. And, and so I sacrificed health side. And then I just did a, a whole 30 to bring that back to as close to balance as it can be. Um, I've, I've sacrificed friendships. I've sacrificed relationships. I, I came very close to sacrificing uh, a friendship with a best friend I've had for like 15 years uh, only because like he hit the way that the place that he was in was not where I wanted my life to be. And, and so we, we were drifting apart and we were getting very close to, to this place of, of not being able to connect anymore. And something happened in his life that really woke him up and got him to, to, to this place where he's now happier and focused on his career and, and building and so on and so forth. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like I can connect with him again. And, but, but had that not happened, I would have been willing to sacrifice that, that relationship because 
what I want to accomplish and the type of person I want to be in the life that I want is more important than anything in the present moment As for me because I am career focused because I am future focused because I am like extremely focused and, and to an extent uh, badly so on being the best version of myself that I can be and accomplishing the most that I can accomplish because the truth is I haven't let go of that desire to make sure my parents know that this was worth it. And and that may come from an unhealthy place, but if it helps me get where I'm trying to go and I can try to keep everything else in balance as I go there, then to me it's worth it because that's what I care most about. Wow, man. Jeez, that's a, that's a solid answer. I, I really want anybody that, take the time to just visualize that that image that you painted for us in the beginning is is, is being off balance and, and trying to reach at the same time it's the goal isn't to be balanced the goal is to be able to reach a little bit higher while you're on one foot and mm-hmm. images to me are just so critical and and memorizing things and 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 i want you to really paint that visual inside your head anyone that's listening right now is that's that's progress and that's that's fulfillment that is if you believe in this so-called thing about being happy that's what's correlated with it is this sort of fulfillment and being able to get little trickles of progress along the way and so mm-hmm. even though greg's deep pain of of uh just being there for his family comes from an unhealthy place like ask yourself where you're you know, on the one foot right now, and I'm doing, I'm doing it too. I'm, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not speaking above you right now, but I'm asking myself where I can reach and be on one foot and not seek only balance because balance is, is, is not what's going to make that frown on your face to flip upside down. And as cheesy as that sounds, that's why I want to go into the next question real quick. Is Greg, what is, what it was a time where you just. <laughs> could not stop laughing uncontrollably and what was it at and and where where were you let's hear that <laughs> um so i'm i'm really blessed in that my girlfriend is i find her to be ridiculously funny and and so uh there there's two places that this would have happened and and i'm sorry i can't remember a specific example uh, but i always laugh the most when I'm with those close friends, like the, that core group of people that I connect with so deeply, we have history, we, we've known each other and seen each other grow. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, as a result, I'm so thankful that I still have that relationship with my, my longest friend. Uh, but then the second place is, is with my loved ones, with, with Rachel, with uh, my, my mom, my sister, my niece and nephew, like with Rachel's family. Like there, there's just always, I, I don't know why or what it is, but there's always just jokes. Like there's, there's always humor. There's always silliness. There's always this uh, ability to be so authentically us that it's impossible not to laugh. And and I love comedy and humor for that reason, because as you know, no matter what mood you're in, if you can laugh, I get it immediately helps you change that mood, right? Like the, the chemicals in your brain fire. And as soon as you're done laughing, you maybe you don't feel amazing afterwards, but you feel better than you did before. So so I love that the people around me 
are so capable of doing that for me, even when I'm in my darkest moments. Oh man, I love that too. Absolutely, like you when you actually receive that laughter too. Uh, the science shows that your testosterone it goes up, your endorphins go up, all the benefits, all those great hormones that you want to be rising do increase with laughter. So laughter yeah. laughter is literally the cure for any suffering in the world. So Yeah, I should do an episode on that actually. I don't think I've covered laughter. Man, uh you're very welcome. I will charge you. I appreciate later. that. <laughs> <laughs> um no, and uh, I know you gotta get going. So I just wanna ask you two really quick questions is is anyone sure. that's listening right now how can they support greg clunas right now how can yeah they so the main thing uh you're already listening to this podcast wherever you're listening just do a quick search for tiny leaps big changes all i ask is that you pick two episodes that that call out to you that that resonate with you that seem like something uh, you want to learn more about or or uh hear my perspective on and and just give it a listen and if you hate it that's fine let me know. Find me on Twitter or Instagram at Greg Clunas and just be like, yo, this was stupid. I hate you. Like whatever, whatever your response is. But if you love it, then then click subscribe. And I, I would really appreciate to hear from you as well and, and to, to connect with you in the same way that Logan and I did. Yes. And then I, I'll tell you what, guys, I, I didn't make this podcast for you to just, you know, listen to and then and then busy your brain with another podcast guest or busy your brain with another audiobook or watch another YouTube video like it just takes 20 seconds to reach out and find their information on Google and reach out to that person on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and actually take the time to take a quote of theirs that they said and put it out there in the ethos because that's the main problem is it's not that you're you're not consuming enough it's just the this taking action and putting it out there in life and i get it like there are times where i just get stuck in the in the pit hole of just wanting to consume and learn and learn and learn mm-hmm. and i uh, i just challenge you right now anyone's listening right now we'll do it together like call me out on my own stuff and see if i'm putting stuff out there if i'm if i'm not you you get to call myself or greg out and let us know that we suck at only consuming stuff. But I'll tell you what, once you start producing, your endorphins will rise. And the yeah. last thing I want to say, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I'm, you, no I was just going to say the number one thing. So I graduated with an art degree. I went to art school. The number one thing that I left school with that I'm so incredibly happy that I went to art school for is I was taught to always approach consumption in a critical way. So it's called critical consumption. And the reason I was taught that is, you know, if you're, if you're an or a painter or whatever it is, a lot of your influence comes from the world. It comes from other things that people make. And, and so you have to allow yourself not to be lost in consumption. You have to be able to, to view it and enjoy it, but also view it and think, well, I could do this a little better, or I really like this theme or, or whatever it is. And, and then once you get that, once you allow yourself just to consume with that critical eye, you're going to have this overwhelming desire to start putting stuff out because eventually you start to realize, well, no one knows what the hell they're doing. So if I also don't know, then I'm just as smart as everyone else, right? Yeah. I mean, look at Jason, or not Jason, Jackson Pollock's work. 
I mean, the guy is just all over the place, and that was considered good art. And same thing with language. You can be all over the place, and I guarantee there's going to be one person that's going to resonate with it for how squirrely it may sound. But Mm -hmm. um, anyways, dude, I'd love to just leave off with this. Is is, is there anything that you kind of wish that I asked you? Is there anything that that you'd like to leave off on? I I mean, I think we've covered a lot, but... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I... I leave everything with the same message. You've heard it a million times, Logan. And it 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 just is such a true statement to me. And, and I'm honestly so proud of my past self for coming up with it uh, because it really holds true even to this day. And, and that is that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day. That's all it takes. It's just taking a step every single day. And eventually, depending on your goal, it might take 30 eventually you will get the thing you're trying to get like it's that simple so go out take a small step don't worry about trying to do everything overnight just focus on the next thing you can do at all times and eventually you'll get there i uh agree with that not just a hundred percent but with a hundred and thirty thousand percent if you can do that (laughs) i mean really that's what it's about. And and with that, I think uh, we'll wrap the show there. So thank you so much for Thank you for having me, man. Dude, absolutely. Absolutely. there's another episode of scratch your own itch uh thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to support the show by listening um the biggest compliment you could ever pay me is just by sharing this because honestly it doesn't take much and it feels so good when people create something and take time and when i see someone take time to create something that really just changed my day either made me feel less alone, made me put a smile on my face, made me laugh, made me feel wiser. I always want to share it with the world because why? When I share something that resonates with me, why not share it? I mean, that's just kind of the thing that goes around and it's free. It takes no time at all other than just a click of the button, share. On either Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, any of those social media platforms would be great to share this. So I really appreciate it. And I want to say that um, anybody who's looking to gain authority or expertise in their area and they don't want to take another year or year and a half to write a book and wait until that's published, I think the best way is right now is to start a podcast. So if you're at all interested in starting a podcast, if you meet the certain requirements, I'd love to help you with a podcast and also get a website going for you as well. And this is not an easy task. It's hard to actually get it done and get it out there. So every now and then we need some help and I'm here for you. So please reach me at Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com if you're interested at all. And don't ever forget, you matter and you're enough.